This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to wish everyone in the United States a happy Independence Day. And to you, Veritas member, thank you for making our truth journey a reality. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. And have you considered becoming a Veritas sponsor. This is a great way to help Veritas advertise your product or service and for the listeners to also know that it is our members and sponsors who make it all possible that we release one segment of every show for free. So please visit our website and support our sponsors. And in addition to MMS, our USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, we have added 100% organic phytovitamins. If you're taking the big brand multivitamins, you are taking a chemical cocktail. Click on the phytovitamins link on our website and really feel the difference. And one last important piece of information. Coming soon, Sanitas Radio. No, no, not Veritas Radio. Veritas means truth. Sanitas means health. Health declassified because your health and longevity should not be classified information. That is all I will say for now. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website 
at VeritasRadio.com. The riddle of Atlantis has never been solved thus far to the satisfaction of most people, the academic experts in particular. Hundreds of possible locations have already been proposed as the site of Atlantis. Some authorities think that Atlantis is located on an island such as Crete, the Azores, Ireland, or Espartel, or even the Canary Islands, or the Antilles, the Florida Keys, etc. Is Atlantis just a myth? a moral fable, a science fiction creation? Or is it indeed an actual history, somehow restored to the realm of reality by the magic pen of the prince of philosophers? There's a certain something in the story of Atlantis that captures human imagination and instantly fascinates everyone who reads Plato's masterful account of the lost prehistoric empire of global extent. And to discuss this, and the possible correct location of Atlantis. Tonight's special guest is Frank Joseph Hoff, on behalf of the late Professor Aricio Nunes dos Santos, Ph.D., right now on Veritas. This is a Sitching, and you are listening to a wonderful radio interview conducted by Mel... From a very young age, Frank Joseph Hoff became very interested in the sciences, ancient mysteries, lost civilizations, and the unknown. In 1996, Mr. Hoff met up with Richard C. Hoagland at a Mars conference in Seattle and started doing some pro bono research for him on his off hours. It is while doing research for Mr. Hoagland that he came across the unusual work of a Brazilian professor by the name of Aricio Nunes dos Santos, Ph.D., on his Atlantis website. Professor Santos wrote a book titled Atlantis, The Lost Continent Finally Found, The Definitive Localization of Plato's Lost Civilization. Unfortunately, Professor Dos Santos passed away on September the 9th, 2005. And to learn more about the book, visit www.atlan.org. That's A-T-L-A-N dot O-R-G. It's linked up at Veritas Radio. Com. And directly from Seattle, Washington, I would like to welcome Professor Santos's publisher and longtime friend, Frank Joseph Hoff. Hello, Mr. Hoff, and welcome to Veritas. How are you? I'm doing just fine, Mel, and good day to you and all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're here at the desert, probably about 110 degrees. I hope it is not as hot where you are up in beautiful Seattle. Well, no, not today. It's actually overcast and down in the uh, in the 60s here. So it's uh, we haven't really had our summer come in yet. At least uh, it, it kind of comes a little bit and sometimes goes, but it hasn't stabilized yet here. Great. And may I call you Frank, by the way? That'd be fine. Great. Frank, first of all, I read the book. Somebody brought it to my attention a few weeks ago, and it is such a, a, a different version of what most people talk about. And I have to ask you, for how did you become involved in this research with uh, with Atlantis, and how did you connect with uh, the late Professor Dos Santos? Well, as you mentioned in your uh, uh, overview of, of, of uh, our project here and, and, my, and my background and so on, uh, I met up uh, with uh, 
Richard Hoagland at a Mars conference in uh, in Seattle, and I did some pro bono research for him. But while I was doing that pro bono research, I was came across the the website of Professor Santos. Just I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks or something after he put it up. It wasn't very long, and I started reading through it. And I found that what I was reading was very different than what I've ever really read on Atlantis before. It was very unusual. It was also very logical. It was well thought out and tended to be very scientific and detailed. So I got to looking closer and I said, who is putting this out? And I started um, checking into his uh, uh, curriculum vitae or uh, his resume that's actually located on our website as well at uh, www.atlan.org. And I thought, wow, uh, you know, this man has a, a cr- tremendous background. And I see that he's a professor uh, down at a major university uh, down in Brazil um, called the Federal University of Minas Gerais uh, in um, the city of uh, Belo Horizonte in, uh, in the state of Minas Gerais. And it's actually one of the the uh, top universities uh, in in Brazil, and I see they, that he's has a uh, that he's a, a tenured professor uh, in nuclear physics uh, and nuclear engineering, uh, and he was also a climatologist, a geologist, and a physical chemist. I mean, he was doing all these different types of disciplines, and he took these on, uh, at least some of them, uh, in order to um, start doing some work with regards to Atlantis. And how he did that is. He originally went out uh, to really debunk the whole notion of Atlantis uh, because he saw so many researchers that did not have the appropriate um, um, background or disciplines and things in order to do the work properly. And so uh, he started to really go out to start to write some articles really, uh, you know, showing that really Atlantis didn't exist and, and, and uh, there was nothing really to it and to debunk it and all this sort of thing. And after about 10 years of research, he found out that it did exist, and it was actually more advanced than he could even imagine himself. But uh, in order to do all the work properly, uh, I just mentioned a few things that he took on and that he was involved in. But he also went into uh, take on he took on the disciplines of archaeology, uh, mythology, uh, linguistics. He spoke uh, 14 languages, uh, ethnology. Uh, occultism. Uh, he didn't really want to take occultism on per se, uh, just for doing it. Uh, but he, it was really just to find the, the um, hidden meanings and symbols behind things, so he could really decode the whole, um, you know, riddle or problem of Atlantis. And then he also took things on like uh, etymology and, and so on, so you get to learn the derivations and meanings of words, uh, that sort of thing. And he also, uh, during this research, I should mention, we'll talk about this more. But he also figured out the the language, the actual language that the Atlanteans spoke as well. So there's all these types of different uh, different disciplines. Uh, alchemy was another one uh, that he had to to really to really um, put the uh, the puzzle together uh, because he was describing to me it's not just like a one or two thousand piece puzzle, but it's something like a billion piece puzzle that got scattered all around the world, and he had a he had to fit all the pieces in real nice and correctly, not jam them in. And so he can get a clear picture about Atlantis is uh, where it was, where it is today, uh, what the civilization was all about, um, how they lived, and just a whole host of other things regarding um, you know, this long lost uh, civilization, uh, Mel. 
Why is it, Frank, and I bet you you get this question all the time, that we all seem to conclude that Atlantis would have to be somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean. Why is that notion incorrect, in your opinion? Well, uh, it got changed around, or the idea got embedded into everybody's minds because the names of the oceans got changed through time. Uh, a lot of times, uh, names will get changed even over like 500 or 1,000 years. And in this case, it goes back 11,600 plus years, maybe 12,000 years ago. And so uh, this is what uh, added to all the confusion. And what I'm re referring to is uh, the oceans of the world, uh, the Atlantic Ocean, um, or the, as it's called today, uh, the uh, Indian Ocean, as it's called today, and the Pacific Ocean, as it's called today. And what, what the reason that we haven't found Atlantis all this time is because we've been looking for a needle in a haystack, which is really hard to find. But we've been uh, looking for the needle also in the wrong haystack or haystacks all this time. And so what, hap what happens is you, you will really just, it's virtually impossible to find it. And so um, what, what we found out, and this is really to answer your question, is that the, 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 the name of the Pacific Ocean got changed and the name of the Indian Ocean got changed. And this added uh, a lot of the confusion to things. And what I mean by that is supposedly Vasco Balboa is the person that discovered uh, the Pacific Ocean. But what happened is, and where the confusion came in, is another explorer by the name of Magellan. Yeah, Phil, uh, Ferdinand Magellan. Uh, he ended up seeing the Pacific Ocean through the Straits of Magellan, through Argentina and Chile way. And he, when he saw it, and he saw it as a very passive and calm uh, ocean, at least compared to, let's say, the Atlantic Ocean. And so he named it for the infinitive verb of Portuguese um, or Spanish called Pacificar. Now, when you use it in a sentence, um, it's either Pacifico or Pacifica. And what happened is we dropped the A or the O and call it Pacific. That's what it's called today. And the name stuck. And so... That had that had added a lot of confusion to everything, and then a while back, um, the the Indian Ocean also got changed too, and they also used to call it the Erythian Sea, but in both cases, um, the oceans, the Pacific and the Indian Ocean, were called the uh, oceans of the Atlanteans or the Atlantis Ocean. And the thing about the oceans of the world, even today, is that they're coterminous. That's a scientific name for it, in that you can navigate from one ocean to the next, or you can circumnavigate the globe and go from, let's say, the Pacific Ocean to the uh, uh, over to the Atlantic Ocean, uh, over to the Indian Ocean, and then back around to the Pacific again. So uh, this is a, the oceans at the one time were really just the Atlantis Ocean, and what really added to confusion is that we have the name Atlantic Ocean today, and instead of me calling something else, and maybe the Pacific or the Indian Ocean called the Atlantis Ocean, everybody thinks that because if it's Atlantis, it has to be in the Atlantis or Atlantic Ocean. But it's not the Atlantic Ocean it's called today. It was the Atlantic Ocean that was called 11,600 plus years ago. That's the ocean that it was. So these names get changed, and that which add the confusion to everything, Mel. 
I understand. And, and right from the beginning, I just want to play devil's advocate. Of course, I'm not trying to debunk at all. I really enjoyed the book and, and I'm intrigued. But Professor Santos had some strong words for Eric von Daniken and, and the late Zachariah Sitchin. He said, quote, their theories are sheer science fiction with no support whatsoever in reality or in science, let alone in tradition. And the title of the book, Atlantis, The Lost Continent Finally Found, and the subtitle, The Definitive Localization of Plato's Lost Civilization. With such a definitive title, where is the tangible proof? Okay, that's a good question. Uh, there's a lot of proof that's becoming, it's coming up and more of it all the time. Uh, where we heard or learned of the story uh, originally was uh, through Plato or Plato. Right. And if it wasn't for uh, his dialogues, the uh, Critias and Timaeus dialogues, we wouldn't probably know anything about uh, Atlantis today. But it wasn't just him that uh, that had the uh, information. He really learned of it from uh, Solon, the, law, the great uh, lawmakers of of Athens at the time, who uh, was explain, uh, telling the story of, of a vacation he took. Uh, to Egypt uh, and, and speaking to the uh, uh, some Egyptian priests, and um, and it, and this is what uh, Plato ended up uh, overhearing, and so he made a, a record of this uh, until somehow he was interrupted. But in any case, um, the we also found out, um, and I'll get back to your question here, is that the it, Solon also not only learned it from the Egyptian priests, we found out the, the Egyptian priests uh, uh, learned of it from the uh, Hindus. And the Hindus, we found out, could we trace it back uh, further to the acts of the, uh, the Atlanteans. So it ended up going back that way, all, all the ways to the Atlanteans themselves. Uh, there's a lot of different things that, uh, the reason why it's in, at the location it is now, but a lot of this is explained in the Critias and Timaeus uh, dialogues. First of all, uh, the size of the continent of Atlantis, as explained by Plato or even Solon or so on, uh, was the size of Asia Minor, which are like Western Turkey, and Libya, which is now changed to, um, it was considered all of like Northern Africa rather than just the geographical area that it comprises today. And that combined, and um, that area is is the size of, of the continent of Atlantis is one thing. That's what you have to be looking for. You also got to be able to look for a continent um, as extrapolated from these uh, dialogues as well uh, that could support a population of over uh, 20 million people in the height of the Pleistocene Ice Age, the most recent Ice Age. So, uh, you know, right now it's very hard, let's say, for instance, to, to um uh, support a population of, let's say, 1,000 people down in Antarctica because in situ, um, there's been ice core samples taken down there that are well over a million years old or as much as 2 million years old. So it's very hard to have a population or a civilization um, to, uh, for them to, to rise or, or to take care of a civilization of over 20 million people in, in a not so good area unless you have agriculture unless you have agriculture and that is one of the things that they invented uh which is probably the biggest um invention really almost of all time because 
what it does is it allows you not to be a hunter-gatherer and be able to fixate to the land uh, so you can develop things like Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, Proceed to the Veritas Plus member section, or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today, with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.